leading us in our prayers this morning. Uh, We're going to be opening our Bibles now to Matthew chapter 13. You may have a Bible in front of you, in your, uh, the chair in front of you. I think it won't be on the screen this morning. So we're going to go old school and use that thing with pages, uh, the Bible. Uh, or you may have the Bible on your phone, equally good too. So Matthew chapter 13, that's on page uh, 978 of the church Bibles, 978. Uh, Well, 9, 7, actually, because we're going to go from verse 24. I love uh, Jesus' parables. Um, Often we think, well, we know them so well, don't we? Uh, But there's always more to them than meets the eye. And this one particularly, over the years, has challenged me. And I'm not sure I've properly got a handle on it yet. So we'll give it a go this morning. Why don't we just pray, before I read it, that the Holy Spirit will illumine our eyes like torches shining on the scripture that we might see uh, what it says. So, Father, thank you for your word. Your word is truth. Now sanctify us by that truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So Matthew chapter 13, verse 24. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed ears, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you are pulling up the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned, then gather the wheat And bring it into my barn. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. First question that always pops into my mind when I read that parable is the servants were right, weren't they? (laughs) When you see the weeds, don't you go around pulling them up? Why, oh why, does the farmer tell them to leave the weeds where they are until the harvest? We'll come back to that. Now, uh, with most parables, sometimes we're left scratching our heads, or sometimes we might be um, thinking we know the answers. Thankfully, for this parable, if we turn over the page, Jesus actually explains in detail what the parable is about. So rather than me making a muck of it, let's actually see what Jesus says it's about. Turn over the page, and let's see if you got it right. In your own mind, as you heard it being read, you might have had thoughts. Let's see if they compare to what Jesus Uh, says. So from verse 36, where it says the parable of the weeds explained. Verse 36. Then he left the crowd and went into the house. His disciples came to him and said, explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. He answered, the one who sowed the good seed is the son of man. That's Jesus. Anyone get that bit right so far? The farmer 
Actually, I thought it's probably God the Father. It's not, is it? It's Jesus is the farmer who sows the seed, yes? Verse 38, the field is the world. Everyone, anyone else get that bit right? So far, so good. 100%. The good seed stands for the people of the kingdom. Okay. I think that's us, right? With the good seed. The weeds are the people of the evil one. And the enemy who sows them is the devil. Okay, the plot thickens. The harvest is the end of the age, and the harvesters are angels. Who got that bit right? Interesting, isn't it? So the harvest is the end of the age. What's the end of the age? The end of the age is when Jesus returns. Not when you die or when, I don't know, the new millennium turns or something. The end of the age is when Christ comes back and final judgment happens. And the harvesters, the ones who go separating out the, the, the wheat from the weeds or the people of the kingdom from the people of the evil one are the angels. Isn't that interesting? So one day, if you get a knock at the door and you open it and it's a 15-foot angel dazzlingly bright with wings and says, come with me, what are you going to do? Go with him, all right? Or her. Go with the angel because they've come to gather you in on the great day of judgment. Okay, let's keep going though. Uh, Verse 40, as the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire, so will it be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out his angels and they will weed out of his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. They will be thrown, they will throw them into the blazing furnace where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Okay, so it's really serious, isn't it? The weeds get pulled out, separated from the harvest. And that's, if you're a farmer or a gardener, that's exactly what you're going to do, isn't it? I have a a wheelie bin outside of my house. Anyone else have one of the green wheelie bins for your gardening? When you pull out the weeds in your garden, what do you do with them? You either put them on the compost heap or you put them in the wheelie bin and it's taken away out of town, I don't even know where it goes, burned somewhere on a pile or buried somewhere out out of the way. So it is when the angels come at the end of the age to separate out the kingdom of, those of the kingdom of God and all those who, um, uh, what was it, encourage sin or um, do evil will be removed like the weeds and taken away and burned in a furnace. That's serious language, isn't it? In other words, God is not going to allow. Jesus is saying, forevermore, it cannot exist that the world is full of both good and evil. And deep down, we kind of all know that, don't we? We look out on the world and we say, God, there is something wrong. How can there be so much good, but so much evil at the same time? Won't you do something about it? And we kind of wish he would do it now. Lord, put a stop to that thing over there. Uh, Lord, I've seen some evil atrocities over there. Put a stop to that. We kind of wish it would happen now. Maybe in your own day-to-day lives. You know, even with small things, sometimes I'm like, Lord, why did that happen to me today? (laughs) Why didn't you stop that thing from happening? Even with trivial things, we want 
God to separate the weeds from the wheat now. But Jesus says, no. But it will be. It will be. Because God will not allow his creation to go on with both good and evil together. He won't. It upsets him more than we know. But he promises there will be a day when all that causes sin and all who do evil will be removed. Now, some of you might be going, amen, can't wait for that. Others might be thinking it sounds a bit harsh. What will happen to all these people that are removed? It sounds awful, and it is. But we can't have it both ways, can we? We can't go, Lord, get rid of all this evil stuff that's going on, and at the same time say, no, please don't do it, because what will happen to all those people who commit it? We want our cake and eat it when it comes to judgment, don't we? So Jesus has a very good reason for saying not yet. And he has a very good reason for saying it must be done. Do you see that? What is, though, the good reason for saying not yet? Jesus says, let's go back to the reason he gives in the parable. Verse 28, an enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, do you want us to go and pull them up? Verse 29, no, he answered. Because while you are pulling up the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. So one reason he gives is that if we go around, if we said to the Lord, Lord, please stop all this evil happening, stop all um, this sin happening in the world, stop all these problems that are going on, the answer might be, Jesus said, I'm not going to do that just yet, because if I rip all that out now, a lot of the wheat might get ripped up with it, the good. They're intertwined. Can you imagine that for a moment in your garden or wherever in a field? You can imagine some good crops or plants growing, and next to it is a weed, and I actually have done this in my own garden before, pulled out a weed and that nice tulip or whatever just came pop straight out with it because it was intertwined with it. And Jesus doesn't want that to happen. What does that actually mean, though, in the life of our church or in the world? Why can't God just rip out the weeds and leave the wheat there? It's a complicated question, that one, isn't it? complicated. Perhaps it could look something like this. Perhaps actually when you think about your own lives, if God was to do some weeding, what would he have to do with some things in your life or within your own family or within your community or within our church? Sometimes it's not so, so easy as to say you're the goody and you're the baddie. Sometimes, if I'm really honest, I've behaved a bit like a weed myself from time to time. Because what is the strategy? Why does the enemy come and sow weeds amongst the harvest field? Why does he do that? Well, it's obvious, isn't it? He's against the kingdom of God. He opposes, evil opposes good and wants to disrupt it as much as possible. Oppose it, choke it, outpopulate it. 
so that it no longer exists. That's what the enemy's strategy, isn't it? That's why in the middle of the night, he snuck into the field and sowed weeds amongst the harvest. To choke it, disrupt it. So right now, even within our community of a church even, it's not so simple to just say wheat and weeds out there. Because remember, it wasn't, even if you look at the field, it's not that there's a block of weeds in the corner, a nice little block there, and the rest is harvest. It's intermingled. Intermingled. The church does not exist in a commune separated from the world. We exist right in the midst of the world, intermingled with it, and the world in the church too. That happens, doesn't it? And even in our own hearts and minds. So to rip out and separate is not so easy. We might find we need to ask the question seriously, Lord, when this happens, if you were to do that, where am I? Where am I? God wants to give time to the situation, to allow the harvest to grow and bear fruit and the weeds to bear their fruit so that it's easily identifiable at the end of the age. Because wonderfully, God's patience here as the farmer, God's patience in letting the two grow together, miraculously in the Bible, allows time for the weeds to become the wheat. It doesn't say it in this parable, but I'm sure we can find it in all sorts of places in the Bible that isn't it that God's business is turning those who were once weeds into those who are now wheat. So that's another good reason why God has not brought the end of the age yet. He wants as much of the bad and the evil to be converted and saved into the good. That's our mission, isn't it, as a church? To not just want all the evil to be removed, we do want that, but we also want God to bring out through that evil and through the terrible things and through sinners to be saved into the people of God. That's a wonderful thing. I often think of um, Judas. You know Judas Iscariot? Um, who betrayed Jesus at the end of Jesus' ministry and sold Jesus to the Pharisees and the Romans. A real betrayal. Now, if anyone was a weed amongst the wheat, it was Judas, wasn't it? And Jesus must have known as he was sat eating dinner day in, day out, walking along the road, living his life, that amongst his closest group of followers and friends was one that was not really one of them was a weed amongst the wheat. And he does not pull that weed out, does he? He leaves it growing with the others. And again, you have to ask yourself, why did he do that? Why did Jesus do that? But don't we see in Jesus' life two things in that he leaving that? One, if Jesus had got rid of Judas day one, early on, perhaps the others would not have understood that. Well, well, Judas is one of us. He looks just like me. 
He looks just like you. He's our mate. He's in it together with us. I see no problems. And Jesus is like, nah, I just want to get rid of him. He's evil. Maybe that would have disrupted the fellowship in ways that the disciples wouldn't have understood because their lives were intertwined. But also, God used Judas and the terrible part he had to play to bring about a tremendous good as well. He reversed the situation. He didn't just get rid of Judas. He gave Judas as much time to repent as he needed. He didn't in the end, though, did he, Judas? But even Judas's acts of evil resulted in some good. Not just some good, the good. It allowed Jesus to go to the cross. It allowed Jesus to confront evil. Not just get rid of it, but to walk into the darkness and bring the light of God. Those weeds that we think choke and disrupt and harm. And I wish to God life wasn't so hard. I wish to God church was so easy to do. I wish to God planting churches and winning people for Christ and doing all these things was easier. It's not. It's really hard because the enemy sows weeds all over the place. And sometimes it looks so bleak, like all the harvest is being choked. It feels like that and it looks like that. But then I think about Jesus and I think about how even those seeds even exist in the first place. The seeds that the farm said. How does that even happen in the first place? And I think of that one seed, Jesus Christ. That one ear of wheat. That one beautiful good life of Jesus. And think about him in a field. And there's no other harvest around. It's just him. He's just surrounded by weeds. And they're all over him. They're all over him. Choking him competing with him, trying to outdo him. And he came at a time when there was no faithful, there was no, nothing good at the world that the Lord could see. And he sent right into the darkness, right into the weeds, right into the problems, he sent his offspring, his seed, his child. And he planted him right in the middle of it all. And Jesus grew up always, always with all the opposition of the world around him. And when, even when his friends had abandoned him and everyone abandoned him, on the cross, he is, that's it. The weeds have won. The weeds have choked and killed the only remaining beautiful ear of corn, Jesus. But through all that, through all that, when that seed died, it went into the ground, choked and killed but burst forth again in new life. And through that new life, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, he bore many seeds, many countless seeds. And the enemy could do nothing about it. Seeds that the farmer could now sow everywhere into the world. And yes, the enemy tries to disrupt and destroy, seeks to choke and kill and prevent the church growing, Every attempt he makes, makes the church stronger. That's the message here. 
I want to run away from the problems of life. It is hard. The weeds are horrible. I want to get rid of them. I want to live in a life where it's all just perfect. But maybe if I tried to do that, I wouldn't bear much fruit at all. It's not what God wants right now. We're in a season of church, brothers and sisters, that's not going to be easy at all. So many challenges, financial, spiritual, relationships, hearts, anger, disruption, discord. There's many problems out in the world and there's many problems within. What are we going to do? Let's not go around just ripping up and having a go. Let's leave that to God. God will do that at the right time. Let's be like Jesus. Let's be like Jesus that confronts the evil of this world with love. That seeks to live by dying. That seeks to overcome the bad with good and not giving up not giving up. If Jesus gave up, it would have been over. So let us persevere. Let us follow Jesus. Let us not resent the weeds, but love them, overcome them, prayer, the word of God, and us loving one another. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Jesus told this parable that is so simple. But Lord, it is so full of difficulty and challenge. So full of obstacles. When you're living in a field that is filled with weeds sown by the enemy. And Lord, he sows them even in my own heart. But he's sown them also in the world and all around us. Help us to grow healthy and strong. Help us to look to Christ for the harvest at the end of the age. Help us to trust in him alone. Help us to become a great harvest that seeks and longs that even the weeds would be born again into wheat. Let us not give up meeting together or loving one another, but persevere. And may we be greatly encouraged that the great farmer, the great harvester is with us. And all your angels, Lord, watch over us, waiting, ready to snatch us up when the time comes. Nothing can stop you, Father, from gathering in your children into your barn, into the new creation hope that waits before us, when there will be no more evil, no more sin, no more darkness, no more death, no more disease, no more despair or no more hopelessness, for we will be in a world filled with Christ. Oh, how our hearts long for such a day. But until then, Lord, until then, 
May Jesus be with us every step of the way. We ask in his name. Amen. Amen. We're going to stand together and we're going to share in the peace as we come to the Lord's table. So let's stand. And this is a little attempt, the peace, where we just go around one another and we say, peace be with you. It's a small way of saying, today the weeds aren't going to overcome us. Okay, today we're in fellowship. Today we follow Jesus. So the peace of the Lord be always with you. Let's offer one another a sign of this peace.